What's up, everybody? It is Chris Aiken from Aftershocks TV and the Classic Metal Show. And just wanted to give you a quick heads up before this next video of my, uh, probably my most well-known book, Call Me Chris, A Tale of Healing, Recovery, Selfishness, and Resolve. It's a fun one, all right. <laughs> it's about the burn accident that I was in in 1994 and how I came back from it and what a nightmare it was. It's a it's a tough read, but it's a it's probably the best reviewed book that I've had of the six. So I invite you to check it out. Call me Chris: A Tale of Healing, Recovery, Selfishness, and Resolve. Available now on Amazon.com as well as my website, ChrisAkenBooks.com. You know what else is available right now? This episode that you actually came to see. Here it is. Aftershocks right here on AftershocksTV.com and joining us today, uh, I just got to say, legendary band, legendary guy in the band. Uh, you know him from the band Cannibal Corpse, uh, who has a brand new album, Violence Unimagined. And, uh, you know, you might remember him way in a distant past from Malevolent Creation as well. He is the uh, rhythm guitar player of Cannibal Corpse, as he has been for 15, 16, whatever years at this point. It is the mighty Rob Barrett. Rob, how are you, man? Good, Chris. Good to talk to you again, man. It's been a little while. We it, were just reminiscing about the old Agora there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good times, man. Well, well, Rob, I'll tell you what is good is that you guys are back with a, you know, you, you guys have battled through, a, a, I would say, probably the most difficult time in the band's history with, you know, the, the stuff that we're not really going to talk about. But you guys have had a turbulent time coming into this record man so talk a little bit about you know how things are different now and how how it all worked together to create violence unimagined well yeah i mean um dealing with this covid situation definitely throws another curveball sure we're not the kind of band that sits on the sidelines for too long mm -hmm. but um due to that we're that's why we're not on the out on the road right now, as all the other bands do, obviously. But um, I mean, we're known for you know releasing a record every two, three years tops, and touring for at least two and a half years for that right. record. So um, you know, when we ended the last tour cycle for Red Before Black, we were. Our plan was, okay, let's stay home and write and record a new album and then get back out there in November 19. Right. And, um, well, actually not 19, 20. 20. And um, <clears throat> that just wasn't able to happen because of the COVID thing. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we wrote the record and uh, recorded it, had it finished by June last year. And we wanted to release it in like last November and start touring to promote it, but that no tours were able to be booked. Sure. So we just decided to hang on to it until April. So then by the time that we actually can tour again, the album won't be, you know, a, a year old by then. Right. Sure. Does, so, um, is, yeah, it was just, it was difficult to decide on letting the record out yet or not. Sure. But I mean, it, I think it works out well because 
now we released the single last week and everybody seems to be pretty stoked to hear the new album. So I think it'll be worth the wait. Sure. Is it, is it, uh, is it difficult for you to stay, not you personally, but you guys as a band to stay interested in a new record that you've already, you know, that you've already personally lived with for about a year? Well, oh yeah, absolutely. Because we haven't played it live yet. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, that's why we feel like we're just sidelined right now with our hands tied behind our backs. Cause we were just, as soon as we finished tracking the record, we were like, oh man, I wish we could get out there and start playing these songs. Right. And that's always how it is. Whenever you release fresh stuff, it's, you know, you can't wait to get out there and, you know, show everybody the new material. And, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, we can't tour yet. <laughs> we don't even know when we could tour again yet still. Sure. Because nobody's booking tours, so. Right. Yeah, it's just frustrating in that aspect of the whole thing is sitting on a fresh record and, you know, by the time we can tour again, it, it won't be a fresh record, you know, but, mm -hmm. I mean, at least we'll have that going for us as, like, nobody will have seen any of the songs live yet, so in, in that way, it's still fresh. Sure. Now, now if that makes any sense. Oh, it does. It definitely does. Now, Rob, um, you know, I, I've talked to a million bands about once the world decides to open up and you guys can get out and play. And a lot of bands are definitely worried that because of COVID and because of the shutdowns, a lot of the venues that they normally would play are, are not going to be there at all. are just going to be closed for good as well as every band in the world is going to be out touring at the same time. Now you guys are obviously the top of the heap, you know, band number one, when anybody talks about cannibal corpse, do you think that you're going to have to fight to get venues or do you think because of the, you know, longstanding, you know, history of the band that you, that you guys will probably get a break that a lot of other, you know, lower mid tier bands will not get. Uh, well, that's an interesting question because we've never experienced this before. This is like whole, um, a whole new scenario that's been thrown at us here. Um, I think there's definitely going to be a whole new landscape when it comes to venues and where we're going to be able to play and where we can anymore because they weren't able to stay open. You know, so mm -hmm. many small businesses including venues are you know they're suffering just as we all are sure because we're not allowed to work so it's just uh i don't think it's fair to us but um what can you do you know when mm -hmm. it's a health issue there's right just nothing that we can do about it so we just have to sit back and wait and yeah. i think when we when everything does open up again, like you said, um, it is, everything is going to be different. I think it's just going to be a whole new thing that we're going to have to deal with. And I think when it comes to us being able to get in, you know, certain venues or whatever, like you were saying, that's all up to our booking agent and, you know, what he could get booked or not. Sure. And I don't think, 
as soon as things are opened again, he's not going to have a problem with, you know, getting us a tour booked because I would like to think that we're pri- one of his priority bands, hopefully. Sure. Sure. And not only that, I, I mean, and you know, like I was saying, Cannibal Corpse is the premier death metal band. There's there's a lot of death metal bands, but if, if somebody's going to book a show, there's nobody there. There's nobody in that genre. There's nobody in the death metal genre that anybody's going to book in front of you guys. I, I wouldn't think. No. Well, yeah, I mean, um, trust me, we want to get out there as soon as we possibly can, you know, sure. because um, this is how we earn our income you sure. know this is our job so we basically just been sitting at home you know just sawing through our savings mm. and um so we're ready to get back to work as soon as we possibly can and that the whole thing about like the when and the where is still to be determined right but i mean we're definitely gonna try and get out there as soon as we can we might not be the first wave of tours, but you know, we'll definitely be right there in the front. Sure. Definitely. Not, My not- guess right now, at least from, you know, us talking with our management about how, what's going on, like just the state of everything at this moment, mm-hmm. we're looking at like, we're just hoping that we could do something by January 22. Oh boy. Another whole year. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully things will open up before that, but you know, I'm hearing people saying that like all these, um, you know, festivals in Europe that have, that were booked are not going to happen. Like they're going to end up getting canceled. And right. I mean, we'll see what happens. There are some, festivals coming up you know obviously the summer festivals in europe are a huge thing Mm -hmm. and um yeah i'm just hearing rumors that um they're probably going to get shut down before they happen yeah well and and it's unfortunate but but i I mean i don't i don't think you i don't think it's a crazy thought to look four months from now and think that they're not going to let a hundred thousand people you know, gather at Sweden Rock or Vakken or any of those festivals, you know? Right. You know, it's crazy. But, well, let's move off of this ugly topic. Let's go to something more fun. Let's talk about the new record. Let's talk about Violence Unimagined. Obviously, the biggest change is um, Eric Rutan joining the band. Um, you know, he he's legendary in his own right, so... Talk a little bit about him. I know you guys have worked with him and he toured with you and, you know, he's produced you guys a bunch of times, but how did he impact actually writing these songs and, and creating Cannibal Corpse music? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, starting off from the beginning, we've all known Eric since probably at least 89, mm-hmm. at least for me. I met him when he was in Ripping Corpse around that year. Right. And, um, yeah, like we've done shows and toured with him over the years many times. And he's just been a really good friend of ours for many, many years. And then when we started working with him, you know, him producing the record, this is his fifth one that he's produced. And the first one that he's, you know, recorded on, well, actually he did a lead on one of my songs on, uh, the record before red for red before black. Okay. 
But um, yeah, like this is his first one writing material and tracking a lot of the guitars. So it's a, it's a whole new element that we're definitely, you know, quite content about. You know, we just, we had to make the best out of a bad situation that was thrown at us. And sure. um, he offered to fill that spot. Definitely. And um, yeah, it's working out really well. I mean, like I said, he already had produced four records of ours before this one. Right. And on those records, I always was saying, like, I considered him to be the sick member of the band because that's just how how it felt with him. Right. You know, just having him really invested in our songs and, like, you know, trying to get the best sound for us. And he knows the tones that we're going for. and because he's a death metal guitarist and vocalist too. Right. So I think he just had the complete picture of what we're trying to go for sonically. And it was just a good fit from the beginning. And, you know, now that he's in the band, it just totally makes sense. And he wrote three songs, music and lyrics. So he jumped right in. Sure. And, at first, I was like thinking, oh, man, you know, hopefully his songs aren't going to completely sound like Hate Eternal, you know? Right. And when he started showing us his stuff, I was like, oh, man, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like it does sound like Cannibal Corpse, but you could just tell that it's Eric Rutan because he has his own identity when he plays guitar. Sure. And, you know, he brings a lot to the table and we're, he has a very positive attitude. We always have fun around him. And, you know, he's just been part of the family for a long time. So sure, it's just working out really well. Sure. And, and you know, for anybody that knows Eric's past, the one, if there's a difference between what he's done, whether it's with, with Hate Eternal or you know, any of the 900 other bands that he's been in and what you guys do is that he's a much more technical guy. I think you guys just let it fly. Sometimes it just, you know, it becomes what it becomes where he's all, he's been much more technical throughout and listening to, I mean, I've only heard the single so far, but listening to the single, it sounds like you guys are tighter than, than you've ever been you know, performing, is that a result of Eric or is that just a result of you guys were so in tune when you went into the studio? Well, I'll tell you, Eric's like one of the best guitar players in the business, in my opinion, you know? So, I mean, he definitely is a big element in the whole tightness of everything. And, um, you know, just us all doing our jobs as best as we can. And that's what, really makes it sound as tight as it is is just us all wanting to be efficient in doing our tracks properly because you get a lot of bands that they kind of have this loose feel to them like they're kind of not all together on the same page you know like when it comes to tightness Mm -hmm. but i mean we always try to make sure that everything's as accurate as possible sure definitely now, now, and, yeah. Oh, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, how you were saying Eric is like a very technical kind of player. Mm-hmm. I really look at him as he has, he's a very melodic player, and he, that's what he's bringing to the table with his lead style is mm-hmm. something that was not ever really there before. Sure. Um, when you when you put melody into brutal music, as long as you do it properly, you know, as long as it doesn't sound happy, you know, <laughs> melody makes for more memorable songs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the new chapter of the band is like the the melodic style that he brings with his leads. I think when when you hear all the songs, I think that's like the biggest difference is the melodic um, edge to his leads. Sure. Which makes for more memorable songs, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and you know what? Probably when I hear the whole album, I'll probably agree with you. You know, again, I've only heard the one song. It's like, you know, you know, it, it's funny. I told your publicist because your publicist is like, well, we're not releasing the album to even to press for another month or whatever it's going to be. And and the answer I gave her back was, well, it's Cannibal Corpse. I kind of know what I'm going to get. You know, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's- yeah, and you know what? We pride ourselves on what you just said because sometimes bands get to this point where they're like, you know, they're just kind of getting tired of what they've been doing mm-hmm. and they, you know, try to mix things up and change their sound. And sometimes that backfires. Just, you sure. know, like, it seems like the only band that's really ever been able to get away with that is Metallica. Sure. You know, how they just kind of like reinvent themselves every three sure. or four albums at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, for us, I just think, you know, that's something that our fans are really still so loyal to us for is being reliable. Like, you know what you're going to get before you even get it. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be sure to, to shit talk the band. If I ever get one that starts with hip hop lyrics or something, how's that? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, cause I know that's never going to happen. <laughs> nice. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Rob, before, before we wrap this one up, I wanted to ask you just about something that I've read and I've seen you briefly mentioned in interviews over the year, but I've never really heard you explain it. You know, from everything that I've heard about you personally, your your guitar influences are mostly outside of death metal or extreme metal. It's guys like Gary Moore and Malcolm Young and, and guys like that. Is that indeed the case? And if so, are you comfortable really not using much of those elements into what you do with Cannibal Corpse? Yeah, well, I mean, influences in to me are things that you have to take and turn it into your own thing. Okay. Like if, if you use influences too directly, then you're basically just copying somebody fair. And I think with my influences, it's just from a different era, you know, like, I mean, I love a lot of guitar players in death metal. They're all great players and, you know, awesome lead players, whatever you want to say about them. But I mean, they're not influencing me to do what I I'm doing. Mm. Like, I mean, they're definitely my peers and everything and I respect them, but I get my influence from 
stuff that I grew up with. Okay. And that would be mostly classic rock and early metal, you know, like mm-hmm. Glenn Tipton, KK Downing. Those are two big influences just because they were like the first two guitar heavy metal band sure. to me. And that's very important because when I saw what they were doing, I was like, in my mind, that's what I wanted to do. But I don't feel like I'm taking any sort of direct influence that you could hear in what I write, if that makes any sense. No, it does. It does. It's just, you know, just every time I've heard you mention, especially Malcolm Young, it's like, <laughs> you know, I understand his importance in ACDC, but it's like, well, oh. Somehow I'm not feeling I'm not feeling the direct influence with your playing and his. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I could easily explain that. It's not anything to do with the playing. It's what he did in his band. You know, like okay. You listen to ACDC, and before the new record comes out, you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that I really admired about him. You know, like Angus was the the flashy dude that was, you know, wanted everybody, hey, look at me, you know. And I just liked how Malcolm was like, you know what, I'm just cool with kicking it back here, you know. Sure. That's what I really respected about. That's my influence that I got from him. It wasn't necessarily his playing at all. It was his attitude. Sure. Well, it's definitely worked out well for you over the years, man. You've had a long, great career with with at least two very great bands. And certainly right now, Cannibal Corpse is firing on all cylinders. New release, Violence Unimagined. Um, when is it when is it out and where should people go online to keep up with you guys, man? Well, the release date is April sixteenth. Okay. And um, I mean, obviously we already have that single that's been out for a week. All right. And um you know, that's about all I really know about it. <laughs> you know, I'm just here to write the song. You go and find them wherever you can. Yeah, just <laughs> use the Google, right? Just Google Cannibal Corpse. You'll find you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like a big social media guy. So right. All good, I'm man. Like stuck in the past when it comes to that. <laughs> well, as long as you're still writing these great riffs and these great songs, dude, no one's going to care, man, because it's all good. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for the interview. Sure, no problem, man. Thanks for coming on to Aftershocks. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. All right, everybody, another great interview right here on Aftershocks TV. And before we go, just want to remind you one more time, make sure you get over and subscribe to the CMS Podcast Network, CMS en.com you can watch you can listen you can subscribe to everything that we do not only us but uh the classic metal shows shockwave skull sessions uh talk to me it's all there one site get four great shows never have to do anything again but be entertained so check it out uh cmspn.com cmspn.com cmspn.com
ESPN.com. Until next time, folks.